Welcome to the Grace Lace Podcast. I'm Eve Stipes, and today my co-host Ruth Jo Simons and I are sitting down to talk about the people we love and have likely known the longest, our families. For better or for worse, our families are the people we love but may not always like, whether it's your immediate family or your extended family, whether it's because of different personal choices, politics, or even faith, sometimes being in the same place with our families is hard. So how do we love them when relationships are complicated? What do you do when your family is upset that you aren't coming home for a holiday? When your kids are bummed that they can't hang out with their cousins? When your in-laws don't understand where you're coming from? When a touchy subject comes up over dinner? Man, we've all been there. Whether you're grabbing a cup of coffee to sit down with us, cleaning the bathroom, driving to work, or starting a workout, stick around and dive in with us as we explore how to start where we are when family is hard. Okay, so friends, before we dig in today, we just want to acknowledge that you may be coming from a divorced family, you might be a single parent, you may have experienced abuse or some hostile relationship with an extended family member. These are real circumstances. Sometimes complex families include all of these things. Your current situation may be really difficult, and we don't want to minimize any of that. You may actually need to be in counseling, and you might need a mediator for the conversations that are really difficult to have with family members. These are all true and real, and we are keeping that close to our hearts as we discuss this topic today, because starting where we are doesn't mean that we are minimizing those things. We're just saying We all have real circumstances that we're in, circumstances that we we can't really control, and they are the actual circumstances that we're in right this minute, right now in this season of life. And so today we're talking about how to start where we are when family is complex, because truth be told, I think all of us can say that family is complex, and whether it's your um, immediate family or your extended family. We're intentionally being careful to honor our families by not sharing sensitive details um, and using their stories as illustrations for some of these bigger principles and concepts that we will be tackling today. Um, We'll be sharing personal stories and examples from the communities we've been in and um, our immediate families when we know that it's appropriate. So, okay, families. I don't know about you, Eve, but... I think family relationships can be some of the hardest relationships to navigate. (laughs) Yes. Right? I mean, when there's a difficulty or a conflict within my immediate family or extended family, oh man, there's nothing that will bring Mm -hmm. me down like that kind of ache and that kind of hurt. What about you? What have you experienced as complications or complicated family relationships? (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I feel like extended family is particularly tricky sometimes because these aren't the people that you necessarily see regularly right. for some of us it is like you you're not live engaging with nearby. every single day yeah yeah but for my family growing up we never lived close to our extended family and so yeah it wasn't people that we saw every day or that we had a lot of shared experience with but it is people that you have a lot of shared history with you know what I mean like you have a lot of the same people and and ideas and so I think it's just really interesting how people from the same immediate family can develop totally different family cultures for their own families you know so like I think about my dad and his sister 
grew up in the same house, but ended up with really different family cultures. And so I love my cousins, but we don't see each other very often and we have totally different, totally different perspectives. And so I think when you start in that realm of extended family, it just becomes automatically a layer of complexity that you are like, Ooh, how are we going to navigate this? And how does this work? Absolutely. And I think it really, even as I'm listening to you, Eve, it really helps me remember that that's the posture I need to have when I'm speaking with any family member that's extended or lives in a different state or is in a different season of life. We don't know everything that they're going through, right? And it doesn't matter if we have shared histories or shared bloodlines or shared um, uh, celebrations, uh, milestones. Mm -hmm. It's that ultimately that's not somebody we're doing life with every single day. And so we have to have some grace for that. Well, on the flip side, you know, messy family relationships can happen right in your immediate home, right? Right in your home, right in your immediate family. I don't know about you, but the Simons family, all eight (laughs) of us, uh, we're a mess sometimes. And um, I love, I think it was my friend Rob Reno that said um, years ago at a training session for our school that, um, the very first community group that you'll ever be a part of or small group is really in Uh your own home where you're going to have to learn to confess and call out and share vulnerably and deal with the Mm. way you're perceived or the way you perceive somebody else. That's not happening just at your church. That's not happening (laughs) in this little tidy small group that you're signing up for that meets every other week. It's happening right in your home. And so that really helped me think through what it means to live with these in my family, seven guys I live with. If you, if we, if you don't know my story, I am, I've been married 24 years to Troy Simons, um, my sweet husband, and we have six boys. Um, yeah. And they range from nine to 20 in age. And so, so crazy. in, you can imagine the people that we see all the time. So we're not dealing with just the complication <laughs> of extended family. We're dealing with the complication of a huge range in ages as well as Mm -hmm. personality types. And so I think about how just the fact that I have six kids of all the same gender trying to navigate doing life together, rooming together. We, I don't, we don't have kids who have their own rooms. They have shared (laughs) rooms, shared belongings. Um, They have to do chores together. And so and I'm sure it's just all perfectly peaceful. I mean, and happy I was just going to say, like, there's a soundtrack <laughs> of City of Light music going at all times, and everybody <laughs> is like worshiping as they do their dishes. Yeah. Or For maybe sure. not. Or maybe not. Um, <laughs> as delightful and truly, I, I would say my, my boys have really surprised me with how mature yeah. they've grown and how godly they are in certain moments. But the truth is they're sinners just like me and you and just like Troy and me. And um, it's a lot. We navigate all the time what it means to steward the relationships we have at home, even if brothers don't get along or if brothers don't agree or if Mm -hmm. mom and dad don't agree. How do we (laughs) navigate those things when um, even at some level, let me just throw in there, as to just extend this complicated relationships just a little bit further. Troy and I are in a cross-cultural biracial marriage. He was raised completely differently than I was. I mean, that's a thing. (laughs) That is a thing. There are times when I'm like, 
tearing up or really feeling seen and known when I read an article or read a book or watch a movie that displays some of what I know of my um, Asian upbringing, Mm -hmm. right? And he's like, wow, I am seeing it in a brand new light because he, that wasn't his life. He was raised in a Caucasian home in the Southwest and I was raised as an Asian American um, by parents who were born in Taiwan, but mm-hmm. but were transplants from China. So like that is complicated in itself. In so itself, yeah. when you think about all of that, plus our sinful natures, how <laughs> could family not be complicated? How could we not hurt one another and step all over each other? Um, throw in there the fact that I know for one that I am selfish at times and easily think that my perspective is the only one there is. And so, yeah. oh goodness. So how do we start right where we are with the families? <laughs> because we're tempted, right? Let me just say, we're tempted to think that I'm not the right mom for the job or I'm not oh, the yeah. right mom for the kids that I have. Like, how could God have put me with these kids? Like, mm-hmm. for goodness sakes. And truth <laughs> be told, Eve, there have been times where I thought I am unlikely and I think I put this on my profile, an unlikely yeah. boy mom. I'm like, God, you could have given me a bunch of girls and I would have done so much better there with that. Is that true? I'm not sure that's true. But my point just being, we may yeah. think that we're the wrong mom for the kids mm-hmm. that he's given us or the wrong wife to the spouse, the husband, the, yeah. the husband who will never quite, will never see eye to eye on something. Or, oh my goodness, how in the world will I ever navigate having the extended or the immediate family members that I feel this constant tension with? How do we start where we are? Well, I think it's, it's helpful for me to even think through like, examples in the Bible, like there's lots of family complications (laughs) throughout biblical history, like that the word of God tells us about, right? Like, all kinds of craziness between siblings, between extended family members. Like, so I think recognizing like it's bound to happen helps me as just a place to start. Like it's not abnormal. There are for sure things that we need to like be aware of and work on, but the fact that things feel complicated or heavy or hard is like not a surprise to the Lord. Right. Yeah. So I think there's kind of two ways to talk about this that might be helpful. One would be, what is your kind of like internal default posture or like where do you go? What happens when those tensions come up? And then like what are the better, healthier, like God honoring alternatives and principles that we can kind of keep in mm, mind? So I can go first. My, okay. my kind of if tensions come up or there's a weird conversation at dinner or whatever with extended family, I am like, let's, I'm going to just go to another room. (laughs) Like I for sure tend to withdraw and kind of isolate myself. I would rather get out of Dodge than stay and try and engage in that conversation. I will find somewhere to escape, even if it's like the bathroom for an awkward amount of time, right? Like I would like to just remove myself and not be there. (laughs) That's kind of my default. Um, And I think looking at scripture, it's clear that that's probably not my best choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ephesians 4, 1 and 2 is something that I feel like I come back to often, talking about how people interact with each other. Let me just read it real quick. It says, 
Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. So that whole bearing with one another Mm -hmm. part, like (laughs) it kind of implies sticking around. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Instead of running away. Right. Because you have to do that like in actual real time with the person actually bearing what they're putting onto you, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the pressures and the frustrations and the tensions. Yeah. So like that idea of trying to endure and persevere for the sake of the gospel, not just like, you know, enduring emotional or, or verbal abuse. You know, we, we talked about Mm -hmm. the beginning, like there are different circumstances that make that a lot heavier, but when it's just like the kind of the small annoyances or, you know, a political conversation or whatever, Mm -hmm. like there are things that I probably should bear and engage with and and not checking out and just saying you'll never change yeah right because that's the default the default is basically like you will never change and I'm done yes (laughs) oh I wish that didn't roll off my tongue so easily but um (laughs) yes I I have a tendency to feel that way and you know the funny thing is I will do that as well Eve but yeah my default default is that I want to duke it out. Like my, I'm kind of combative mm. as a person. You're I a know. fighter. I, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if that's visibly apparent, but I tend to, I, I think I've grown. And so I, I'm a little more gentle than I probably am in, by nature, but I'm pretty combative <laughs> by nature. Like I, I want to fight it out and I'm really, mm. really careful about details. So I'm that person yeah. where if there's tension I want to parse it out to make sure exactly where we're all feeling this way and who we can point our finger, like who we can point to and say, it started here and then went here. And this is why when you said that, that's what happened. And I have a tendency to want to make sure that this is the flip side to clarity is kindness, right? Like if my, if my strength is that I'm clear and I want to um, put things out on the table and not to Uh withhold or pretend the, the, the flip side to that is I'm really clear and I want to make sure that <laughs> everyone um, else is also everybody clear. is accountable. I'm really like, <laughs> we will have full accountability and I'm not going to be the only one. Everybody's going to yeah, be accountable. That's right. And so, um, that's pretty self-aware of me to say it out loud, um, to the public <laughs> here, but there it is. But the truth is that the default and the tendency on a sinful level is to say, I care more about being right. That's probably yeah. the problem, right? The problem, oh, so the hard. sinful side yeah. of it is I care more about being right. So the way I combat that, because I know that that's not God's desire, because when God tells us that he will right all wrongs, that he is the ultimate yeah. justifier and the one who um, is the the just and righteous God who will not yeah. let things be overlooked, when he's the one who makes all things, <laughs> he's the final judge, um, that's not my job. I don't need yeah. to, that's sinful for me to be like, and I will pronounce. <laughs> and I will there. take the throne as well. <laughs> I will make sure, <laughs> I will make sure that everything is accounted for and I will be the rightful judge of all things. Yeah. Because that's sinful, I have to combat that issue by being the first or at least trying to be the first. Oh, Eve, I don't do this super well, but trying at least somewhere early on to say, I'm going to own where I'm at fault. That is really, really hard, but that is a self-discipline for me these days where I'm going, okay, rather than waiting until it's all battled out to make sure who's right and who's wrong, 
I'm going to start here. That might be with Troy and saying, mm-hmm. okay, you may not fully understand a hundred percent grasp exactly where <laughs> I'm coming from and all the ways yeah. in which you need to do it better. I'm going to own the part where I hurt you and that I struggle to see your perspective and the way I can change. Yeah. That might be the way it is with my kids. Um, before they've completely corrected their attitude and have completely apologized for where they're at or are just obedient and completely, you know, doing things the right way, I can stop and say, listen, guys, I lost my temper. I made things worse by um, freaking out and saying things (laughs) the way I said it. I discouraged you before you had an opportunity to respond correctly. And I will rate lower the temperature, lower the temperature of the room by being the person who says, even if it's not to my level of satisfactory analysis, (laughs) even if it's not all cleared up, I can lower the temperature of the room by being the first or the, or one of the ones who says, okay, I'm going to own what I can in this moment. And so that's honestly where I can start where I, right where I am, right? Because I can't change. I, I don't know about you, but when was the last time you effectively changed your spouse? Like, Wow, I oh, said this and he yeah. totally changed. Snap to it. Wow, yeah, it's not it's so, not so <laughs> great that I pointed that out because he's completely a new person because right. of the words that come out of my mouth. <laughs> That's actually like neither yeah. does it work with my kids. They are not changed because yeah. I'm bossing them. They're changed when I, along with the Holy Spirit, and I am not the Holy Spirit, but that we work together <laughs> to say out of love. I'm going to assess and tell you what I'm seeing and I'm feeling, and mm-hmm. I'm going to let the rest be the Lord to deal with those things. And I, since I cannot control my circumstances, I can't fully change everything. I have to start with what I do have. And what I do have is my own soul. I do have mm-hmm. the ability to confess and to ask forgiveness, to seek peace, seek reconciliation. That's within yeah. my control. It's also within my control to not think of that person that I'm dealing with as a project to fix. It's really hard. Oh man. I feel like that. Yeah. That is such a big one. I think that's a wonderful example of starting where you are of like considering the person for who they actually are, right? Like the way that God has made them, their personality Mm -hmm. for better, for worse, all the things you love and all the things that frustrate you. Like instead of wishing they would just be the person you have in mind (laughs) or wishing that they would change, like starting with what you have, like this is who they actually are. And so how can I love them who they actually are? How do I respond? Yeah. I think it, it really comes back to um, what we were saying with Ephesians too, right? It's like with humility, with gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another and love, like that's a choice. It's not something that necessarily comes super easily for us, but it, it, it's the only way to really engage people and not well. give up on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that there is a, a dynamic too of just keeping learning about people. Mm-hmm. I think that's an easy thing to do in a family, whether it's immediate or extended is to assume like, I know all about them. Like they can't change. There's nothing happening. Um, but that it's like a, a process to keep asking questions. Like maybe their thoughts have changed. They're, preferences have changed. Like there's something to keep doing. There's a really great quote from Paul David Tripp 
about this idea. He says, in the family, life is brought not only to our doorstep, but into our kitchens, bedrooms, and dens. In the family, life is happening all around us, and it begs to be questioned, evaluated, interpreted, and discussed. There is no more consistent pregnant dynamic for instruction about life than the family, because that's exactly what God designed the family to be, a learning community. Mm. It's like, oh man, if I thought about it as a learning community, instead of, like you said, a project to be fixed, I think I'd come at it a lot differently. And it really puts into perspective why we have to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Because I for one, always feel like I have the right answer to any situation, right? I am obviously so, I do. <laughs> I'm, and I'm so quick to give the prescription or the formula. And sometimes I am causing or making it worse by not listening, by not allowing somebody else with a different perspective to weigh in and to potentially challenge my thoughts about it. Yeah. Okay. So those were our start where you are. So mm-hmm. considering people for who they are, owning our own responsibilities, mm-hmm. kind of going first, and that quick to listen, slow to speak. Mm-hmm. So as we kind of wrap things up, I feel like this is one of those conversations we could talk oh, about for I so know. long, right? Like it. there's just so many emotional layer. Like there's just so many. And honestly, to I this. hope our listeners will. I hope you'll share this episode with someone and have a safe place to process and talk about it because there's a lot that we can start here in a conversation on a podcast that really has to happen in the privacy and the intimacy and the vulnerability of your own home with your Mm -hmm. own family members to process and think through what, what can you do to start where you are with the tensions and the difficulties and the circumstances that you can't personally change all on your own. And so Obviously, we encourage you to have those conversations and and even ask these three questions that we ask every time at the end of the podcast. What is the gospel truth here? What's one small thing I can do in response? Um, And why does it matter? These three questions you can ask with your spouse, with your kids, with your people, Mm -hmm. with your roommates. Um, And I think it's a really good way for us to not just hear um, these ideas and nod our heads, but to say, okay, what am I going to do about it? So why don't you yeah. go first, Eve? What's the gospel truth here today? This yeah, I, I think this is the tip of my tongue because I have to keep reminding my preschooler mm. when he tells me that he loves one sibling and doesn't like the other one. like Because okay. they're twins, right? <laughs> yes, they're twins. Um, it's like, well, you can't, you don't get to choose actually. Like God gives us family. Like he has designed family to be units that we exist in. And so- he gave us each other specifically. So like you referred to earlier, we don't get to say like wrong person for the job. Like I wasn't meant to be this kid's mom or I wasn't meant to be this person's sister. Like, no, that's actually how God planned it. Mm -hmm. And so the gospel truth is because he's given us to each other to make us more like Jesus, we have to embrace those rough edges. Like if I just keep pushing it away, if I personally keep disengaging from it, like those lessons aren't going to go away. Yeah, <laughs> He's given us these people and I need to embrace them. So what's one small thing you're going to do? Oh man. I think that probably for me, it revolves around the, the engagement piece. So like 
some extended family that I haven't talked to in a while and that we don't have a lot of natural overlap in our lives. I don't see them regularly. Like I need to reach out. I need to say hello. I need to engage them um, purposefully and intentionally instead of just pretending like it's fine. I don't, we don't ever talk and that's okay. It's like, no, we're family. Mm -hmm. Like we're connected in a way that God has given us. And I want to use that and steward that well. What about for you? Yeah, I think for me, my one small thing that I can do to make a difference in my family circumstances is to build someone up in the everyday, Mm. like to really think about how I'm going to speak words of encouragement to Troy when there's nothing major going on (laughs) to build up one of my kids every single day or all of my kids if I am intentional about it. Because I think what happens is then you actually build and create relationship capital for the inevitable yeah. tensions and the complexities mm-hmm. and the conflicts. Um, it's so We're so quick to call out the bad and slow yeah. to call out the good. And so one small thing is to really just be in the habit of calling out the good right where we are before that person has changed into this brilliant <laughs> person that we know that they could be or before that one family member becomes really good at being um, a communicator and, yeah. you know, and not passive aggressive. And before all our kids are super great at, um, you know, communicating with us and relating with us, we can actually start building them up right now, just where, right where they are and right where we are. Yeah. Okay. So why does it matter? You get to go. I'm going to let you go okay. first. Okay. Well. <laughs> I, I, truth be told, and I don't mean to take this episode so deep right now at this last minute, but I just want to say, like, it's been a year. It's been a year mm-hmm. of some tense um, conversations in our home, in my marriage, in my extended mm-hmm. family. We've gone through loss. There has yeah. we've experienced death. We've experienced divorce. We've experienced sadness. All within the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, there are hurting people in my extended family. There are hurting people within my home. There's hurt and there's sadness and there's pain. And there are times when it feels like it's just too much. And we all, rather than wanting to like press in with one another, we want to do like what you're describing, just Mm -hmm. kind of make somebody else read our minds and then Mm -hmm. be like, it's too hard. I don't want to do this. But why it matters is I I think about the promise we read in scripture, he who began a good work in you is Mm -hmm. faithful to complete it. That means that God is still at work. Even in that family member, you think you'll never see eye to eye. It's over. Yeah. He is still at work. And I'm preaching to myself here, right? I mean, (laughs) preaching to my own heart that he is still at work, even when it feels like year 24 of your marriage still takes a lot of work. Oh my goodness. And that I can say publicly and honestly, because I I wrote about it on Instagram, like, oh my goodness, these are some things that we've had to, some very simple things that we've had to like institute to like make sure that we're still engaging and not coasting. Um, And so, yeah, it matters because God is still at work. He's still at work in transforming us and he promises to sanctify us. And so even when we feel personally like, we're hopeless or somebody else feels hopeless. That's yeah. what really what causes the tensions and the complexities and relationships, right? Is when we mm-hmm. think that somebody else is 
beyond hope or that we yeah. are beyond hope. And that's just not true. God is still at yeah. work. Yeah. I think the other reason it matters is that in all reality, family relationships are one of the ways that we get to image God mm. to the watching world, right? Amen. Like yeah. God is our father. We get to call Jesus our brother. And then our like church bodies, we call each other brothers and sisters. And so how we do family with our blood relatives or our spiritual family, mm-hmm. both of those really matter. That's good word. Thanks for sharing that. That's good. Okay. Well, that was a fairly transparent conversation, but we hope it was encouraging. And if nothing else, we hope you take away the truth that if you're struggling with family relationships on any level, you are not the only one and God will equip you because families really do matter. We're praying this episode does start conversations about how to love each other well. Just know that Ruth and I are cheering you on. I'm often asked what are the resources that our family uses to lay a solid foundation of faith and to facilitate conversations. I'm excited to share with you that um, Foundations, 12 Biblical Truths to Shape a Family, the family devotional that Troy and I wrote together is really a good resource for you to begin the conversation at home with your people in your small group. So I invite you to check out that resource anywhere you purchase books, but you can also find it at Grace Lace Shop. We also have all 12 foundational truths in the shop as art and art prints, just for you to be able to turn your gaze to those truths and remember them more clearly. Head over to ruthandtroy.com to learn more about these resources, as well as the podcast that Troy and I did together that supplement the conversation for parents in laying a foundation for their families. All season long, we'll be asking you a couple of questions at the end of each episode because we really want to hear about the things you're thinking about for these topics. Today's question is, what circumstances or types of conversation are the hardest for you to have with your family? Snap a picture related to your answer if it's appropriate and share it on Instagram or shoot us an email at info at We'll pick a couple of answers each week to send some happy mail to. 